session of Look at the Book on Colossians 1, 19 to 20, there's only one thing I want to try to do, and that is answer the question whether all things here refers to all reality, including all unbelievers that have ever lived, including all demons. Let me read it to you. In Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. So there's a great statement about the deity of Jesus. All the fullness of God was pleased. That is, God in his fullness chose with delight and pleasure to dwell in Christ. And this fullness of God, or God acting in his fullness now, through him, through Christ, to reconcile, he was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So, Father, as we tackle the question about the extent of this all things here, give us your mind Huge things are at stake here concerning heaven and hell and our own ministry to those who are outside Christ. Guide us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So what I want to do is suggest that this does not mean every demon and every unbeliever. In other words, I'm saying it does not support what is sometimes called universalism. The doctrine that all, that is all demons and all people, will eventually be saved. What might it mean if it doesn't mean absolutely everything in the universe is going to be reconciled to God through the blood of the cross. What might it mean? Why, why do I say it does not support that meaning? The first reason is because Paul doesn't believe in universalism. Listen to these words. Those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction. Not punished for a little while and then saved. Away from the presence of the Lord. Away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. And there's a, there's a key in this word here. There's an awayness outside that is not included in the redeemed people of God and the redeemed creation of God. So that's the first reason why I would say we should look for another meaning of all things here instead of saying it teaches universalism, the salvation of every demon and every person who has ever lived. Here's another clue. Why does it say whether on earth or in heaven, but does not say, and under the earth. 
We read that here in Philippians 2, 9-11, where Paul writes, God has highly exalted Christ and bestowed on him a name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth. That's all that Colossians says. But here he says, and under the earth. The reason it's here is because every knee will be constrained to bow and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This does not necessarily mean that they will do this willingly. It may be that those who are redeemed in heaven and on earth will do this joyously and willingly, but those who are under the earth, those in hell, those who have been rejected or have rejected the gospel, will confess his lordship begrudgingly. So those are two pointers, possibly. I'm not saying it has to be. I'm just saying possibly the absence of under the earth here with earth and heaven might suggest that the all things here does not include unbelievers. That is, those who remain impenitent to the very end and are thrown into the lake of fire with the devil and his angels at the end. Now, how might we be helped to think that Paul, in fact, has such a limitation in mind. Let me just give you one comparison in the Old Testament. Before I do that, I suggested back here that away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might might mean that here the all things includes those on earth and in heaven, and there is, there is an away away from the new heavens and the new earth, that the new heavens and the new earth where all things totally will be reconciled to God by the blood of Christ in the new heavens and the new earth, all things that are in the new heavens and the new earth will be reconciled, but there is an away or what Jesus calls in Matthew 8, outer darkness, I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Could it be that when Paul says all things, he means all things in heaven and on earth, that is the new heaven and the new earth, and that this Outer darkness is simply not included in the totality of the reality of the new heavens and the new earth. Now, the Old Testament comparison. I'm leaving out verse 24 temporarily. I'll show it to you in just a minute because I want to give you a principle of interpretation that arises from ignoring nearby verses. As this is the very last set of verses in Isaiah this is the conclusion of Isaiah. As the new heavens and the new earth that I make shall remain before me, says the Lord, 
so shall your offspring and your name remain, speaking to Israel, from new moon to new moon and from Sabbath to Sabbath, all flesh shall come to worship before me, declares the Lord. Now, if you just read verses 22 and 23, you would probably say, well, that's another instance of universalism. Isn't it just like the all things in Colossians 1.20? Doesn't all flesh mean all flesh, that is, all human beings? No, it doesn't. And we know it doesn't because verse 24 says this. So let's, here's 23. From new moon to new moon, and from Sabbath to Sabbath, all flesh shall come and worship before me, declares the Lord. And they, that is all flesh, shall go out and look on the dead bodies of the men who have rebelled against me. So you've got all flesh, not including the men who have rebelled against me because all flesh, they are looking upon the men who rebelled against me. For their worms shall not die, their fire shall be not be quenched, and they shall be an abhorrence to all flesh. So I'm suggesting that all flesh here is all the things of Colossians 1.20, that is, it is the totality of what can be reconciled to God in the new heavens and the new earth. And there is an outside, there is an outer darkness, there is an away from the new heavens and the new earth, and it's proper to speak once God has established the new heavens and the new earth, and he has put out of that realm of redemption all those who have rebelled. It is proper to speak of that group of people, that countless group of people in the new heavens and the new earth as all flesh, or as Colossian has it, all things reconciled to God on earth and in heaven, in the new earth and the new heaven, there will be a totality of reconciliation through the blood of Christ, but it will not include those who are away in outer darkness. Therefore, this text does not support universalism. <laughs> 